But yeah, but what happened was on when we brought him back, um, the, the midwife came in on the whatever day it was and he dropped about 15%, which, which is, the limit's about 15, they don't want to see that. And then, and then, yeah, he dropped too much. So he said, feeding, we've got to put him on a feeding plan. Now, when that happened with Bella, um, we were both a bit concerned. Like, it was a bit full on because it's like, oh, what's going on? We don't want, him to drop, don't want her to drop weight. And it sort of hit us and we're like, oh, that's not cool. And then a couple of days later, she put on 180 grams in like 24 hours and we're like, oh, that's amazing. And she's back on. And this happened with Jude. Um, but the amazing thing about like just a, a small victory is that it positions you for next time. So when, when the midwife said he's dropped weight, I'm like, oh, doesn't matter because he'll be fine. It was a bit annoying because we had to get up extra and top him up, but it's a joy because he's our son. And, um, and I just felt that's amazing with everything God's doing in our church right now. We've got a big vision, but he's almost broken it down to a, a what's the vision for our journey to get to the vision. And, and he's been talking about consistency and and, and testimonies and prophecies and do it again. And, and, and I listened to the girls' podcast last week. How amazing. Yeah, let's clap. But just amazing. Um, weeping in my bed as I'm listening to it. Seriously. No, seriously, just crazy. Almost can, like, cry. Like, <laughs> like that. Um, you, know, you, you know there's levels of crying? Like, tear, weep, convulsing, wailing. I didn't wail, but I was close to crying. And it was just powerful that... But the journey, like God's consistent and He's constant in His goodness, regardless of our struggle, our trial, our, our, our list of stuff, he's, he's constant. And when we get victory, it positions us for something else. It might be different, but we've seen Him move. I've seen you move. I've witnessed. The, the disciples said in uh, 1 John 1, like we've... we've this is what we're testifying to, what we have seen and heard, that this is the Christ. Like we've seen it with our hands. In the, in the book of Acts, when, when Peter and John were arrested in Acts 3, and they faced the Sadducees in Acts 4, I believe it's Acts 4.24, they said, we can't help but speak about what we've seen and heard. There's something about this history with the Lord, this journey that we are going on with the Lord. When we look back at our life, at the testimonies, whether it be instant or over a 10-year period, it actually positions us, it elevates us, it upgrades us to now face and look. We, we don't have the right any longer to look at a trial similar in the same way because of what he's done. It's really, really amazing to be able to remember. So that was small in the context of what parents face. But I remember just like, oh, this is fine because I've seen him do it two years ago and it's okay. Bella and I were walking um, around in Safeway. We love it. I seem to be up at Safeway every, every day of the week because um, she loves the shops and it's fun. Um, so we go up there and, and there was a lady that was limping um, and, and I said, hey, Bella, let's go pray for the lady. Um, so she didn't know what was going on, but I picked her up and I went over to the lady and I said, hey, I noticed, um, have you got sore pain in your back? And she said, how do you know? I said, well, you're not running out of the store. That's what I said to her. Um, you got to, you know. Um, I said, you're not running out of the store, are you? <laughs> um, she laughed and I said, hey, um, I'm a Christian and I've seen lots of people healed um, and we pray, my daughter and I pray at home and she prays for me when I get sick and 
And um, she says, Jesus, amen. I said this to the lady. And I said, we would love to pray for you. Um, so just explain a little bit. And then we prayed for her uh, and then just encouraged her. She didn't want to check it out, which is fine. I asked her to, but she, she didn't feel comfortable. So that's awesome. So that was just an amazing moment with Bella and I. And like that scripture, train up a child. Like I want her to be fire. Like, like everything that I've experienced, it's like, yep, cool. Testimony for dad is awesome, but I want her to just go beyond anything. And I won't be insecure. I'm just going to be like, you've got to do more than me. So then um, Frankston, we went to Frankston, the special shops for Bella. Um, <laughs> we went to the special shops. We're walking out and there's a guy sitting there and he said, have you got any change? And I said, no, I don't because I didn't. Um, and then I felt the Lord say, you've got $20 in your wallet. I want you to give that to him. And again, like when, when, when pastors and preachers say the Lord told me this, um, I want to be really careful that most of the time it's thereabouts, that's what he said. Because often I can say, the Lord told me to take, uh, this is what the Lord said. He said, go into your car and get the wallet and take out $20 and give it to that man. And he's going to be, and, and then we make it so specific that you sit there and go, he doesn't speak that specific to me. And I'm like, no, he didn't to me either, but I just made it sound like he did. So I, we've got to learn about sharing testimonies that it's not that specific. Sometimes it is, but we're just, it's an impression of what he said. And then we do it, and then we go on a journey and learn how he speaks. So that was the overall, grab 20 and give it to him. So I, so I grabbed 20, locked the doors, um, and drove up to where he was, wound down the window, and nah, wound down the window, and I said, and really confident, almost like something was going on. And I said, hey, dude, come here. And he was big and tough, and I'm like, okay. I said, dude, come here. And I said, here you go. And he goes, are you sure? I'm like, okay, cool. So he's, he's soft, you know. I just knew. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm sure. And I said, hey, Jesus sees you. I said, pain is real, but so is hope. And he goes, yeah, I've been in a crazy season. He said season of pain, but I'm stepping in. Or, no, he didn't say stepping in. He wouldn't have said that. I said that. He said, I'm getting into hope. And I said, hey, there's an amazing church nearby called Fire Church, and I want you to go there. Um, and he said to me, I'm not going to spend it on drugs. And I'm like, I do care, but I don't care. Like, it's not, it's not my, he's in charge of him. I'm in charge of my honor and generosity. So I just blessed him and, um, and just encouraged him. And I'm like, okay, that's the vision playing out, church. Like, we can talk vision all day long. We can go, and then we just, we just catapult it into the future. And I'm like, that's the vision playing out. Like that is the building a culture upon God's presence, building a supernatural culture upon God's presence, which causes us to live in love, health, honor, and power as we introduce the world to Jesus every day. That's the vision of our church. That's the vision of your church. Presence, health, influence. To build a supernatural culture upon God's presence. We're stepping into it today. It's playing out today. Like it played out today. We're building a supernatural culture upon His presence. Because we're like Moses. If your presence doesn't go before us and behind us and to our left and right and up and down and in us and on us, then we're not interested in doing church. We're not interested in coming along with ticking boxes because it's about you transforming lives. It's about you going above and beyond into that unlimited realm of who you are that can only do the things that you can do because you're God and we're not. It's that realm where peace transcends understanding. We don't understand. We can't be educated enough to get peace, but it's a supernatural release of heaven that peace comes. So we're going after that and it happened today. So we've got to be aware that the vision of the church, presence, health, influence, and that statement is future, but it's also now. 
And I've been talking about consistency causes momentum. And I love that it's just layering. So I'm encouraging you to, to just keep familiar and with the podcast so you can be a part of this and not be an observer. But I felt like the future is the momentum. But the, the, but the now is the consistency. So if we can identify that the vision is playing out now, but it's more like in bursts, like a testimony here and, and there, not leading people to Jesus every day, which is the vision, which is possible because you're amazing and people love you and are attracted to you. And when you show up and when you understand who you are and whose you are, it's done. So that's the vision. So because it's not happening now, we think it's not happening because it's in bursts, we, we can defer hope and go, oh, it's not happening now, so when does it happen? Does it just happen one Sunday when everyone falls on the ground and God audibly says, it's now? Because we get weird with vision, with it's someday, we're believing for this and we're not there and we're in struggle town. This is Struggle Street in Western Australia, by the way. Um, I looked it up. You know, we're just living on Struggle Street and we've got our list and da-da-da and it's all real and what the girls shared last week is amazing. But the vision's playing out now. And this is the consistency part. So if we can be consistent in our now, our future's tomorrow. Yeah? So then what will happen is momentum will come and we'll be in that, this is what we want to see, leading people to Jesus every day, which is the future vision of this church, which starts tomorrow. So if we can begin consistently, step by step, doing all the things that you know what we need to do, Stepping into his presence, reading his word, identifying who he is and who I am, learning how to be generous, kind. There's a thousand things. But when we start to apply, when we start to be consistent with them, and one of my big hearts is that, that we don't try and do those thousand things, but we go, God, what is it for us as Destiny Church? What have you called us to identify? And he's done that. He, he's spoken out consistency. He's spoken out momentum. And I'm like, Jesus, what is it about consistency? And he's like, hope. You hear the songs today? Get your hopes up. Like um, your triumph unfolds. What if we could um, view a trial as my triumph is unfolding rather than getting deeper and deeper into the trial? That's just a perspective of who he is because he's all about victory. You, you're, you're victorious because I've overcome the world. These scriptures, you've got to remind yourself of those promises. So what if your trial isn't about getting worse? I'm saying what if is a little cheeky thing. Because he said, consider it pure joy. What if Paul said, James said, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because it prov provides perseverance of your faith and then you can be become mature, complete and lacking nothing great goal. So what if it was actually an unfolding of triumph rather than just you're being tested and, and punished? Because our mindset in a trial is this, this is no good and it, it hurts, but you, we cannot get an upgrade without a trial. I didn't say that right. Yeah, it's massive. So we're in hope. So it's like, how do we get hope? And, and I'm not apologizing for going over stuff. I've got heaps I could say. I was talking to Al. I'm like, mate, I've got about 20 sermons that are all awesome. 
that I could preach. But we're not there now. We're like a vision in a vision because we need to get to that vision. So what mode are we in? We're in consistency. We'll, we'll move out of that mode when we start seeing momentum in the church. Does that make sense? And you feel momentum. Every time I'm watching a footy at the moment, and it might be because if I'm going to buy a red car, Range Rover, I'll see that everywhere. Maybe that's it. But because I start talking about consistency, every press conference is consistency and momentum, I promise. It is ridiculous. So I'm just getting fired up. I'm like, man, this is a big deal. So we're not moving in, we're not in momentum mode now. There'll be parts, there'll be little things that are gaining traction, and that's momentum. Like a ga force gained by doing consistent steps, that's momentum. And there's this driving thing where it's unstoppable. But we're in consistency now. We're in identifying the vision now. Man, we're, we're like two months in. Like we're not in a hurry. We're, 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 we're grabbing this booklet and going through it with the Lord and our Bible and saying, you know what, this is my church. And I'm positioning myself in and under and I trust. And I, and, I, and, 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 I, and I get that this is a guide for my life because the vision's got to start at home, at your home, on your couch first. We don't want you to live the vision so our vision comes to pass. That's not what it's about. We understand that's a byproduct, but our heart is that this would be at your home, that kindness, I said it two weeks ago, that kindness would fuel your responses with your spouse when you've had a bad day. That's the vision playing out now. And then when there's momentum, it's almost like there's a lot, you can, you can have weeks where there's no strife or struggles. That's momentum. But consistency now is doing these small steps, is putting one foot in front of the other. And, and, and going after what we feel like the Lord has, has given us as Destiny Church. So hope is a big deal. And these three remain, faith, hope, and love. It's massive. May the God of hope fill you. So we need current hope. We can't defer hope, church. We've got to protect our heart, guard your heart with all diligence. I know I'm repeating it, and I'm cool with it. But we need to guard our heart, because like the girl said, we go through stuff. But I feel, like this, I feel like this vision that we're going after, all the core beliefs and the vision, are actually helping us for trials and for the vision. So it's almost like we're, we've been given a toolkit and a toolbox to position ourselves in trials, struggles, and our list of stuff that we're contending for, and also to step into our vision as a church. It's a dual thing with this vision. It's got to start at home. It can't just be, I'm, I'm coming here and, and, and how does it happen? It's consistency and hope is a massive deal. So church, we are in consistency mode and we're in hope mode because hope fuels consistency. If we don't have hope, we can't be consistent. So we're going after hope mode. This is where we're at, stake in the ground. We're, we're, what mode are we at? We're in writing out our testimonies. So I would encourage every single person in the church to write out your testimonies. Write them out, write them out, write them out. And we're going to be in this, I'm not going to say we're in this mode until every single person, you know, but this is the season we're in. This is our now. We're writing out testimonies as a church. We're writing out prophecies as a church. If you've never received a prophetic word, the prayer ministry team will be up here today and then you will get one that you'll be able to go, Boom, like Paul said to Timothy, now grab those prophetic words and fight with them because it tells you who you are to him. And a third thing that leads at it is promises. If you don't have promises, read the Bible. Like open it and read it. 
And you can start writing out testimonies, writing out promises, writing out prophecies. That's our mode right now. And then I spoke about knowing our season. So it's all good to say vision's great. It's all good to say consistency's required because we need momentum because momentum makes the vision happen. That's all good. But it's like, okay, what season are you in? Liv and Hill had to identify the season that they were in, which wasn't fun, but denial keeps you there. Not being aware of it keeps you there. Not understanding that it's about a triumph unfolding will keep you there. Not understanding that you can have joy in a trial will actually keep you there. It's a perspective shift in a trial and knowing your season. Now, people might be in a completely different season where life is amazing and, and, and sometimes I feel guilty for that. And I'm like, okay, this is amazing, but I'm, I'm really believing for this. Like Justin Stockman, I was crying this morning because Justin Stockman, the first time I ever met him, he's, he's doing this as he's preaching in America in 2011. He's doing this. I didn't know him, never met him. He just walked in, started preaching. He's doing this. Starts prophesying over me that you'll see miracles in supermarkets. And I'm like, I'm crying because that's a promise and a prophecy and all combined. And God's just wrenching my heart again this morning. Like, I want to see that God. I want to see that God. So we're positioning ourselves. So what season though am I in? What season are we in? Like if we don't know where we're at, we can't take a step. If Google Maps stops, you've got to pull over. If your Melways page blows out the window. <laughs> I ran out of battery actually and I grabbed a Melways. It was awesome. Oh, page 88. Yeah, that's Dingley. Um, <laughs> that's great. My memory, you know, 88. Um, yeah, so, but, but like, wh where are you at? Like, where are you at? How are you going? Like Stockman says, like, are you, are you pushing beach balls under the water? Are you pushing six things under the water? You know what happens? They'll just all fire up. And, mm. But how are you going? Like, what season are you at? You gotta, we've got to be able to answer this question. If we don't know where we're at, we can't take the next step. So knowing our season allows us to know our now, which is today, which then allows us to identify our next step. So our next step is the answer to everything we're talking about. That's everything coming down. Consistency, momentum, vision. How do we consistency? Hope. How do we get hope? Testimonies and prophecies and promises. Then we've got to know our season. So if we can know our season, like where we're at with the Lord, how we're feeling, things that we're going through, then we can actually know our now. So you can know where you're at today. Someone can ask you and you can answer. And that feels actually pretty good because when we're, when we're not sure of things, it, it, it dints confidence. It's like, oh, I'm sort of here and they're saying this and I can't get there. Like I know if, some, if we did a prayer activation now, like fear would grip people because it's, I can't pray. I don't know what to say. I'm nervous. What if I say the wrong thing? And that whole identity, like where are you at? Identifying where you're at with just healing. Identifying where you're at with family. hundred different things. Like where are you at? What season are you in? If you identify that, you can know you're now. This is where I'm at now, God. I'm, at, I'm just at my, my now, my, my season is getting to know you. 
Someone now is, I'm reading the Bible. My next step is setting an alarm. My next step is telling people that I'm reading the Bible and my season is getting to know God. And we start to go on this journey of identifying our next step. Because if we don't know our next step, we can't take it. And we stay, and we stay still. Is that okay? So I just want to encourage, encourage us this morning, a few little keys to know our now. Because if we know our now, we know our next step. And that's, that's so encouraging when we can know our next step. And we're going to be sharing some things over the next couple of weeks, like just some vision until fire and light, um, some specific things that we're believing for. I've been talking to the Salvation Army um, about a couple of things that we want to do as a church to bless people. And so we're just going to open up a few things of what our next step is over the coming weeks. So it's exciting. So we know where we're at. Does that make sense? So yeah, a few little things about keys for knowing our now. So if you're taking notes or if you, if you have a listen back on the podcast, um, do that and take some notes. Yeah, knowing our now causes us to be consistent. And I've and I, I got a couple of things uh, to, to encourage us, a few points that I feel will be helpful. Like stepping into knowing God is a key to knowing your now. If you don't know God, if we don't know God, we can't know our now. Because He's a speaking God. He communicates, He speaks, He gives impressions, He gives promptings. And if, we, if we've got a, a skewed view of that He doesn't speak, or that He's like this, or like that, then we can't expect anything. And one of our points in the God is good core belief is that knowing God is good radically changes what we expect is possible. So when we come into a season of, oh, God is good, and, and the girls shared how they had to step into that season. I heard Liv say it. Like, I had, I've heard it all before, but actually stepping into knowing it, which is through experience and a conviction that alters and changes our mindset, I need to do that. Because I can know about something and it's, a, it's an educated understanding through reason and logic. But, but the way that God works is it's through an intimate encounter that marks us and changes forever where we experience His goodness in our life and His character and nature on a personal level. So right now, guys, our, one of another next step is to we've got to step in and know Him. It's really simple. It's really simple. But knowing Him through His presence and through His Word. He's constant in His goodness. Keeping in step with the Spirit, Galatians says. Having a listening ear, it says in Proverbs. John 3, it says, The Spirit blows wherever it pleases, and so are the children of God. We can't now know our now unless we know our season. So let's step into um, knowing His Word and be consistent with it. It's very difficult to find God in the moment-to-moment -moment if we don't know what He's already said. 
And that's similar to seasons. If we don't know our season, we can't know our now. If you don't know what God's already said in His Word, it's hard to articulate what He's actually like because we don't know what He said. So in the moment-to-moment interactions with people, me preaching, the girls in worship, it's like if we don't know what He's said, we can't articulate what He's like. It's similar. If we don't know our season, we can't know our now. If we don't know our now, you don't know what to do tomorrow. And he's after consistency. Because what does consistency do? It changes everything and causes your dreams and passions to come up. Second thing is for you guys to identify your season in life and your now in life, it's really important to identify your church's season and your church's now. One of our core beliefs is God's kingdom is advancing and is being outworked through the church. We are are passionate about that God's a genius and He's brilliant and the church is His plan to be the conduit between heaven and earth. And the Greek word for the church is the word ecclesia. And broken down, it means a sent out assembly. Like a gathering of people and then being sent out. Jesus, the Bible says, he gathered them in and he sent them out. That's the idea with the church. It is a group, it's a gathering of people. It's you, it's me, and it's us. We hear the statement a lot that you are the church. That's true, but a truer statement is we are the church. Because you are the church isn't the church unless you're a we. You can say I'm the church, but if you're not a we and you're a you, you're not the church, you're a person. So I feel like the Lord's challenging us to get rid of that I'm the church to we're the church. Because it's a gathering of people because we need each other. The Bible doesn't say, say that you have the mind of Christ. It says that we have the mind of Christ. There's purpose in that we. You, can't, you don't have the mind of Christ all by yourself because you need some insight from her because she's got other perspectives on God that you don't have that you need. Brett's got fruits of the Spirit that I don't have up the top of my list that I need from you. And when we start to identify this, this is where we start growing. So we are the church. It's us. So some of our statements is that we prefer other ministries as ministries. So the men's, the women's, we prefer kids. We put it as humility because we're about we. We need each other. Paul says that I no longer see any person according to the flesh. Why? Because we've been elevated in heavenly places and seated with him. So we now get to see people. We get to push aside the frustration and see people and treat them accordingly. That's why the prophetic publicly is so important. When someone says, can you stand to your feet and they get prophesied over, guess what that does in the room? We now treat them according to that prophetic word. We actually go, oh my goodness, I didn't see that. Because I've been looking at them according to the flesh. The flesh isn't evil. It's just a natural way of seeing things. But we get get elevated when the prophetic is happening. It's not a ministry. Prophetic ministry allows people to prophesy. Prophetic culture transforms lives. So we're not in that season right now. We're going to dabble in it tomorrow night. 
So if you need to come and just sit under that, if you need a refresher, if you're not prophesying at least twice a week, I'm serious, come along. That's harsh, it's not really. How many people do we see? We see 300 people a week. It's not meant to be just an add-on at church. It's meant to be just this, oh, by the way, I see this. Two seconds, change them forever. It's stepping into hearing. It's learning how to hear. The prophetic's as much hearing. This is what happens. We, we do some activation and you go, oh my goodness, I hear God. And then what that does, it positions you to hear him for yourself. Because if we don't learn how to prophesy and then check it out to see if we're accurate, that's why we check out healing. It's like, pray, yeah, all the best for that. It's like, nah, let's see. If she gets here, what does that do to you? We don't get all puffy in our head. <laughs> but, um, but we get encouraged. We get encouraged. We're like, oh my goodness. Then next time, hello, testimony. Oh yeah, I saw him do that. Now he wants to do it again. And his repetition becomes his reputation. And it's amazing. The same with the prophetic. It's a big deal. So identifying the church, where we're at as a church. You know, the Bible says in Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. It's weird for the senior leader to do this, but I'm like, you better devote yourself to my teaching. No, No, this is a big deal. Like For you guys to know your season, like you, you have entrusted, this is full on and weird for me to say, but you have entrusted your, well, maybe you're still sussing it out, but you guys have partially trusted us. The role of a pastor and the role of a church is a big deal in a believer's life. We see it in the Bible. That's why in Hebrews 10.25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. What's that mean? He's talking about consistency. Don't neglect meeting together. Keep it consistent. Because when we're consistent, you start to know people. When you start to know people and build relationships, momentum happens. If someone comes once every six weeks, they can't get any momentum. They don't know where we're at. And that's not having a go. I'm just stating the obvious. It's very difficult to gain traction in relationships when you see a person once a year. This is elementary, but we've got a, we've got a mindset shift happening right now where we're like, oh, consistency is a big deal. Relationships are a big deal. The church is a big deal. And we're stepping into understanding how it all fits together. There is something about being a part of a church, being planted, coming under, trusting, being involved and showing up and being present. I will never say stuff like you need, you've got to be here, but it's our goal. Part of our reason why we've got so many options is we're prioritizing Sunday mornings. It's like it's going to be a rudder for us, the Sunday morning. I, I do, but I don't. I don't care if anyone comes tomorrow night. I'll teach to three people and we'll do activation and they'll grow and it's awesome. My priority is today when we gather together so that we can share where we feel the Lord's at, when we can share together testimonies, when we can share together our prophecies, when we can celebrate Nancy stepping out and I'm just going to pull out me oil and just get, you know, like how awesome is that? It's amazing. And we get to celebrate and that stirs like a jealousy in us. It's like I want that in my life. Like when Scott Thompson, seven, eight years ago, was at Stairway, sharing about testimonies and tumours dissolving. I'm sitting in my chair. 
in just my list of rubbish and bad thinking and I suck and I'm no good and he doesn't see me like that and, and I'm like, I want to be you. I want to be you. I want to be you. It provoked a jealousy in me. And the Bible, God's jealous for us, Song of Songs. So it's this healthy, it's not a bad word. Like, but it provokes, it's like, I want to be that. So what do I got to do? What do I got to do? I'm asking myself, what do I got to do? I've got to expose myself to that kind of thinking. We've got to give up a lot of money and, in, and just be in that environment. You don't have to, but we did. And I've got to be consistent. And all the testimonies and prophecies and hope, all that started to happen and consistent. And momentum happened where it's now regular. It's nowhere near I want to be, but it's regular. It's a regular occurrence. So how do we know our now? It's knowing Him. Like, we've got to have encounters with Him. I spoke about this last year. We've got to have encounters with Him that change us. It's going to look different for everyone. Some people shake on the ground like Nolene. Pick her because it's not often, um, you wouldn't think that about Nolene. But she's just wild. She's not here, so I can say it. <laughs> Love you, Nolene. Um, but you can just, it might be just a peace thing where it's just like, you know he's doing something. But we've got to have him. Because we can't grow in where we're going with just nice. Just nice. And observing. Acts 4.32, all the believers were in one heart and mind. Then it talks about that it just spread, just spread, just spread. Acts 2.1, on the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one place. Yeah, come on. All the dreams and visions that we've got for this Sunday morning gathering, we're going to have some amazing moments where God shows up. And we saw it this morning. He just, he just came in and he he's touching and he's using Lee and, and it's amazing. So knowing God, knowing God, knowing your God allows you to know your now. Knowing the church's season and coming under the church and leadership. It's, we've had bad experiences with all that. I get it. I've had bad experiences. But we've got we to overcome that. Words trigger stuff. Stories trigger stuff. We've got memory attached to things that tweaked us and hurt us. And we've all got that. We've all been at different churches, different conferences. We've heard different things and read different things. Some things have hurt us and people didn't mean to. But then we attach it and it happened again. So, it ha oh, it hurts again. Happened a fifth time. So now it's normal. This is how I view leadership. This is how I view that. I don't serve anymore. I don't step into leadership. I don't speak anymore because that happened. And we, get, we defer hope. And you've got a call on your life. You've got a call on your life. You are called to be a skyscraper and he's building foundation in you. How long does a foundation take? Longer than the build. And he's doing that in people. He's building in you. Because the call is significant, like the skyscraper. The foundations take a long time. If Chris could jump up, that'd be awesome. But with a building, that the foundations are everything. Jesus taught on it in one of his introductory messages about building on the rock. What's the rock? It's truth. It's the word. What's sand? It's partial truth. It's partial rock. 
It's broken down rock. It's, it's not together. We love you, Jesus. So knowing you, God, but not knowing you, that word, genisco, by experiencing you, where we know, we can articulate when you came in a room. And it's not this super spiritual thing. We've got to be actually aware, like in worship, oh wow, he's here now. And I pray that over us. That, let's close your eyes. Let's close your eyes. Let's close our eyes. Yeah, God, that we would recognize your voice, that we would become aware of your presence, that we would become aware that we're already in your presence, that we don't have to step into this mysterious bubble that's called your presence. That there's no separation, that separation is a lie and an illusion. Because you've, you've united us with Christ. Yeah, that we would re recognize your presence when we read your word. That when something jumps out, that we would, we would turn in closer. Reading three verses a day is fine. Don't rush through it. If he's on the third verse, stay there. We're learning how he's moving. Yeah, I just ask God that we'd learn, that, that there'd be consistency, God, with, with knowing your voice, with knowing, oh, wow, he just, something just happened during that song, and it's bigger than emotionalism. You're actually touching my heart. The lyrics... This is why we're encouraging the guys to step out a little bit because they're going to start to articulate stuff and put things on our lips of how we feel about God, but we didn't know what to say. Jesus, help us recognize your presence. Help us recognize your ways. Help us recognize your character and nature. Help us see you in everything, God. Start speaking with number plates and price tags and, and just um, parables and analogies and metaphors, God. When we're at the supermarket, when we're changing nappies, when we're, when, we're, when we're washing our child, when we're going through the motions, God, let us recognize you in everything. We don't want to miss you in everything. We don't want to just hold on for church. Holy Spirit, let us see you when we're doing accounting at work. Let us see you when we're doing books at work. Let us see you when we're making deals at work. Let us identify. Holy Spirit, help us be consistent. Help us know you, God. And then help us, God, know where we're at as a church. Help us take ownership of our church. Help us clothe ourselves with humility. Help us trust again, God. Help us have brave conversations. And then as we finish, we're pretty much done. Knowing our God, knowing the church that you're planted in season will help you know your now. But the third thing is knowing your people. Knowing your God, knowing our season as Destiny Church, and then knowing your people. You'll find your destiny when you find your people. Holy Spirit, as communion is being passed out. Thank you, God.
Knowing your people helps you know your now because sometimes we don't know where we're at. Sometimes we can't remember our season, let alone our now. Sometimes we don't have hope in the in-between. Thank you. We can't always remember our testimonies and we can't always find our prophecies. But when we have our people, when we, when we learn and grow and step out and identify our people, those people around us, those people that we trust, that helps you identify your season. It helps you identify your now. And when you can know your now, you can be consistent and momentum happens in your life and the things that you want to see will come out and up. This is why we need people. I just feel a charge. Find your people. Give yourself to vulnerability. The girls were vulnerable last week. You've got time for another friend, another coffee. Ask someone for help. Hey, I'm I'm helping someone at the moment. Find their people to help them through a process. If you don't know where to start, ask. We will help. David needed Jonathan to seek him out and remind him who he was in God. The Bible says that Jonathan reminded David that he would be king and that Saul would not kill him. And then seven verses, seven chapters later, the Bible says that John, uh, David didn't need Jonathan because he strengthened himself in the Lord. That one encounter when Jonathan sought out David changed David forever. It was a man who loved David. They had a covenant relationship and he sought out David to strengthen him in the Lord. People help us with blind spots. They remind us of who we really are. Hey, didn't that prophecy come over you? That is who you are. It's an encouragement. It's a build up. So knowing our, our God knowing our season as a church and knowing your people will help us to know our now so that we can be consistent. Do you want to sing something, mate? Be awesome. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Let's stand to our feet.